on 77 WABC. It's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Good afternoon, America, on this uh, Friday afternoon as we get closer and closer to Christmas. This is Rudy Giuliani live from uh, New York City, and I'm on 77 WABC, and I want you to be on the 77 WABC app. So how do we get it? We just go on our phone. We look for the WABC app. If you have an iPhone, just go in the app store. Come on. This is not hard. You guys are not as challenged as I am, and I can find it. So I want you to be on that so you can stay informed wherever you are. You may be traveling over this holiday season. I'm going to do a little traveling. Everybody does a little traveling. Well, almost everybody. Sometimes I like to stay home during the holidays, too. But this time to go see people, I'm going to have to travel a bit. So this way I know what's going on all the time. And I know I'm getting, I'm getting all the news, not just the news that, you know, fits the propaganda machine of our uh, fascist uh, uh, connection between the Biden Easters and the big tech and the big uh, newspapers and outlets, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN. I have to mention them all the time. I mean, the New York Times, the Washington Post. I mean, a bunch of sellouts. It should, all should be listed as part of the Pravda Network. Now, for those of you who don't remember Russian communism, Pravda was the news agency that put out all the lies, all the propaganda for the uh, Soviet Union. Uh, there are similar agencies now for Red China, for Venezuela, Cuba. This is what happens in uh, dictatorships. And a lot of things that happen in this country now are the kind of things that happen in dictatorships. This whole mandate thing. Is bigger than what it appears to be. It's about whether you can govern by dictate or not. And I got to tell you, the president is getting his you-know-what handed to him in the courts. And it, I can't even begin with the number of constitution and legal violations that are involved in what he did. Or what, uh, what the heck did Curtis used to call the big moron in New York that he ran against? Big Bird, something like that. But the, uh, that's too nice. The guy's a bad guy. He's not a good guy. He's a bad guy. He's killed a lot of people with his incompetence. So um, first, I want to say something positive because I was, in fact, impressed, and it takes a lot to impress me on this issue, with Eric Adams' talk yesterday in which he uh, made it clear that he is going to work to change the bail law. So um, changing that bail law is one of about five things that's critical to turning this thing on crime around. And, um, I mean, you see you see how this bail law uh, effectively creates a lot of the crime problems we have because thanks to a few brave uh, people in the media, like the New York Post, like the people who work with us, and a few others of the radio and, and, and uh, a couple of the cable stations, that they go find these cases, like the guy who burned down the tree at, um, at Fox. That's, that should be seen not just about him, but as an example. This is a guy that uh, flashed outside of Gislin Maxwell's trial. This is a guy that assaulted a police officer. This is a guy that assaulted somebody else. 
each time out on bail because the prosecutors, and this is their fault too, they charge a misdemeanor. No misdemeanor can be used for bail. That's ridiculous also because some misdemeanors are damn dangerous, like arson. Arson's only a misdemeanor if you intend to harm someone. Well, I, you know, I know prosecuting better than anybody. I mean, I'm happy to take a test with anybody you want. I'm going to tell you one person maybe who could equal, maybe even beat me in a minute later. But you just charge uh, intent to harm people. It was a grossly reckless act, and gross recklessness can substitute for intent. I know that gets a little complicated, but if that DA were trained in the district attorney's office of Frank Hogan, or Bob Morgenthau, or Rudy Giuliani, he'd have charged a felony. He would have charged that he set that fire with intent to harm the people around. You don't set a big tree on fire without at least casually considering you may kill people. And that would have held them and go fight it up in the Court of Appeals. Meanwhile, you keep him out of the street while he's in this crazy state where, who knows, he might go burn the Rockefeller tree or your tree or what, or the trees on Park Avenue, who knows what, and then finally kill somebody, then you'll be happy. How often has that happened? Happened with Hochul. Hochul Pokel. How the hell is she ahead in the Democrat primary? She doesn't know what the hell she's doing. She's expanded the bail law, this idiot. This is like, I'm not even like Joe Biden again. I think they're selecting her because they think she'll be, she'll be um, malleable, pliable, and they can run her. The only reason I can think that Letitia James dropped out, well, she may be malleable and pliable and they can run her, but she sure as hell doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Imagine expanding Cuomo's bail law. Ooh, Wow. I mean, you've got to be kind of, well, you can't escape Jesse Smollett, right? We'd like to escape that stench of that guy and what it reveals about our society. It reveals that there is a racism in our society. And, and I, <laughs> racism is against uh, the good, decent, average, honest American. I'm not even going to say white. It's against, uh, against black people who are good, patriotic, honest Americans and don't buy the bull and the crap and the con jobs of the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharptons and their uh, current uh, con men who have taken over for them. Patrice Coors, Black Lives Matter, socialist, communist, I mean, usually the communists wait until they're in charge before they take over as dictators and become multimillionaires, just like the Democrat congressmen representing black districts, so many of whom became multimillionaires while the black districts languished. No, she didn't even wait. I mean, she became a multimillionaire before. So Smollett is a... You know, in some ways you'd say, well, it's a really stupid thing, right? But when you consider what's going on in our society, when you consider the number of people that were killed 
the billions of dollars in damage, the businesses that are gone forever, the poor and middle class people who now have no way of supporting themselves. And this is the, this is the uh, 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 effect of the riots after the Floyd case. I mean, they had two peaceful protests and then every single thing was a riot. You, you see Black Lives Matter show up. It's a con job for the sick press. Uh, they march for about an hour yelling, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon, kill police officers. And you get an hour or two into it and they're burning buildings and throwing rocks around, fighting with the police and creating situations where they kill people, harm people, destroy property. And that happened over and over and over again. There wasn't a peaceful protest uh, maybe the second day. And everything else turned into, turned into either mild, moderate, or dramatic damage. Because that's what they're about. They're not about solving the problem. They're about de- destroying America as we know it. That's what Black Lives Matter is about. That's what Antifa is about. And that's what George Soros is about, who funded all of that plus the Biden campaign. So Adams uh, now says that he is going to change the bail laws. And he uses, he uses this, um, this uh, post case as an example. And uh, good. And I'm with him. And it doesn't mean in the back of my head I don't have a bunch of questions. But I'm not going to jump to conclusions and I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, 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 ever, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to take seriously that he's going to take seriously reducing crime, and he's not going to let Democrat bull get in the way of that. He's not going to let Democrat propaganda, communist propaganda, socialist propaganda, uh, crazy ideas to get people killed, uh, to get in the way of it, the way Cuomo did, and the way Hochul does, and the way his predecessor. Gee, if he just did everything different than de Blasio, he'd have a great program. Just, what's my program? Here's an Adams press conference. Mayor-elect Adams, what's your program? I will do everything different than de Blasio. That makes it easier. I don't have to, you know, get involved. Whatever de Blasio did, I will do the opposite. Now, he'll get a lot of support for that. I still have the challenge. Would you like to come on my show between 3 and 4 on WABC, 77 WABC, or the app if you're in, I don't know, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And if you would like to defend and tell me something good that de Blasio did, I will let you speak without interrupting you, embarrassing you, attacking you. After it's over, if you told me the truth, I'll agree with you. I'll go back and check. And if you're not, I will expose the fact that you're lying. I'm going to have to do that. But I'm not going to make it uncomfortable for you to be on. Now, that's often been out, that offer has been out there for over a year. I got one person that did it, and the guy was joking. I mean, not even his family defend. Have you ever heard his family defend him? This was like the worst history in New York City's I don't know who could have. I, mean, I don't. I can't imagine Johnny Walker. Uh, Johnny Walker, <laughs> Mayor Walker was a was a uh, was a worse mayor than this jerk. 
So uh, the Supreme Court has done something very, very interesting with the Texas case on abortion. Um, they have uh, ba- basically the, the opponents of the law, which restricts abortion quite he- heavily and has a rather complex uh, uh, penalty part to it that kind of creates, I think, for me, a couple of questions. But in any event, uh, on the straight-out Roe against Wade issue, it's a pretty darn strong case. But the Supreme Court sent, sent a signal that I don't know everybody would recognize, and the liberal media, of course, won't point it out. Uh, they turned down a, a, a temporary restraining order. In other words, you've got to live under that law now. You can't have an abortion in co- contrary to the dictates of the Texas law. Now, in most of these cases in the past that challenged Roe, either straight on or partially, courts would often issue uh, injunctions because basically Roe is the law of the land. But here they've declined to issue an injunction. If I recall correctly, to do that, you only need to get four votes. You don't have to get the, to get the injunction. You need to get four votes, I think. I may be confusing that with granting cert, so I'm going to check it. But I, it, 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 it does mean that a, a number of justices, at least four, have come to the conclusion that there's a good chance that law is going to be upheld. Well, they wouldn't have granted the injunction. Injunctions require two things to be issued. Injunctions are issued because you can't get to the case right away. And people are going to be damaged in case they turn out to be right. So time immemorial, the two standards for an injunction are success on the, uh, the likelihood of success on the merits and no irreparable damage to the other side. So some group of justices here decided not that they're going to win, but that there's a good chance Texas is going to win. There's a likelihood of success on the merits. And the Supreme Court justices know what that means, and they take that very seriously. So what I'm trying to say to you is, if you had fair reporting in this country, they would say it doesn't mean that this case is decided by any means, but this is a very good sign for those who are seeking either limitations on abortion or the end of abortion. may turn out to be wrong because signs from justices sometimes change. But uh, a decent, honest First Amendment media would let you know that. In the worst terrorist attack to ever take place on American soil, 2,977 people lost their lives. September 11, 2001. But in the face of horror, brave Americans stood up. Many even stepped forward to enlist in our armed forces. Since then, more than 7,000 U.S. soldiers made the ultimate sacrifice. Those heroes were part of the war on terror that kept this America that kept America safe. They fought for us, and they never came home. The Tunnels and Towers Foundation honored these men and women who gave everything by reading their names aloud for the first time ever in a new annual ceremony, which means it'll take place again next year. Tunnels and Towers is making sure their sacrifice is never forgotten. The Foundation's season of hope runs from Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve, at least one mortgage-free home a day is being given for 37 days to honor America's greatest heroes 
join it. Do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you again. You know, when I uh, visited uh, about two months ago uh, with my friend Leo Grillo at Desert Rescue, I was just surprised to see how big it was. It's quite beautiful. It's in the desert. It's, but I, 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 and he told me it's the largest care for life sanctuary in the world. So how how could you how what, what are all these dogs and cats and I mean even rescue dogs from Afghanistan here here I think they should get medals. He said you know people keep their pets only two and a half years. And then, they, then you know, some people will make arrangements for them, but most of them, they just get rid of them. They let them out on the streets. They, If they're in a place like L.A., they drive out to the desert. They dump a couple of dogs or cats there. And now these, the, the, these domestic pets are, are feral. They're, they're, they're having to live in the wilderness, and if they don't get killed there, they get picked up by pounds, and they get slaughtered by the pounds. So Leo can't adopt these animals out the same thing's going to happen to them so he built the facility it's got a 365 day a year hospital right there for the 1500 rescued dog cats and horses at delta rescue it costs a lot and he relies on donations from people like you and me to continue saving these animals i'd like you to help them by going to delta rescue.org slash rudy and pressing the green for money button Please give us as much as your heart tells you to do. That's Delta, Delta, D-E-L-T-A, rescue, dot, org, slash, R-U-D-Y, Rudy. Well, you know that this weekend, 77 WABC is going to celebrate the life of Frank Sinatra, who, I should tell you, I met twice. Go to WABCradio.com slash Sinatra for some facts and stories documenting Frank Sinatra, the man, the advocate, the humanitarian, and the controversial. I added that myself. That's WABCradio.com slash Sinatra. Frankie! Frankie! My mother loved Frank Sinatra. She loved him, and I'm going to tell you a story. I think I'll save it for the end of the show, for Rudy's final words. I'm going to tell you a story about my mother and Frank Sinatra, which is one of the most heartwarming and beautiful stories in my family. Okay? I hope you enjoy it, but I'll save it for the end of the show, and then I'll save one for Sunday night when I uh, go uh, listen to Piscopo perform I love Joe Piscopo. He's one of my oldest friends. We have just one disagreement. He's a Republican. He's a Trumper. The whole thing. Whenever he does New York, New York, and I think he does the best Frank Sinatra, you know what the son of a gun does? He slips in like nobody will notice it. New Jersey for New York. Now, I'm sorry. My grandfather, Rodolfo, when he left Italy in 18-something or other, and I think he took the ship from Genoa. I don't think I envision Rodolfo 
there with his little small, he probably had like a little small leather worn valise and he had 20 bucks in his pocket. I don't think he was saying to himself, I'm going to New Jersey, I'm going to New Jersey, I'm going to New Jersey. I think he was saying to himself, I'm going to New York where the streets are paved with gold. Now, Rodolfo, like everyone else, found out they weren't paved with gold, but he found out they were paved with opportunity and freedom. And for all of its imperfections, including discrimination against Italians, who's the greatest country on earth, do you know that Italians, Americans, are the second largest number of definable groups that were lynched? in the 19th century and early 20th century behind African-Americans. I know African-American situation is the worst. I no question about that as a student of American history before they started to falsify American history. I know American history. It's the good and the bad. My mother, my mother made me a enthusiast for history almost as much, if not more, than I am for baseball. But Let's face it, this country, let's accept all the things we did wrong, and then let's ask the following question. Find me a country, now or in the history of the world, that's as good as we are, with all of our bad things. Find me a country that tries to help the world more than this country. As Colin Powell said, we go to war to liberate other countries. We don't ask for land. We don't ask for money. We don't try to take the oil. We just ask for a place to bury our dead. If you're here and you don't realize this country has warts, but it's the greatest country on earth, you don't see the potential of it, and you're not a citizen yet, Go somewhere else. Please, we don't need you. Abraham Lincoln said, what joins us together is our common beliefs. That's our strength. That's our glue. We lose those beliefs. We get brainwashed people. This thing could rip apart. So pay attention to this. It's all at stake right now. Right now, in front of your eyes, this is all playing out. I hope you can recognize it, and I try hard to help you, and I think so do other people on this radio station, like, like Greg and, uh, and, and James Golden. Ah, don't you love Rita Cosby? Wow. They got some really, really good people. I'm not even going to even mention Bernie and Sid. They're hilarious. I was listening to them this morning, and I fell asleep during the best part. Not their fault, just the fact that I went to all these Christmas parties like Greg Kelly was complaining about. He actually, I think he was at all of them, too. His, Greg, Jim Milwaukee was enjoying the Christmas parties. He's a great guy, you know. Father is a hero. And I'll tell you, sometime I'll tell you another story about how his father saved my uncle. As we head into a New York... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. As we head into a new year, we're confronted by a new revelation. 
COVID is uh, staying with us in mutations and in endemic form. It's one thing for Dr. Fauci to say that, but a recent survey from the Business Roundtable revealed that CEOs believe we're in a permanent war with COVID and expect more economic uncertainty ahead. I think that's a pretty good calculation. Before the new Omicron variant even emerged, executives across healthcare, manufacturing, logistics issued warnings about volatility, price hikes, labor market challenges, and a new phase of the unknown. Words like that constitute a call to arms to protect your portfolio. And everyone knows that physical gold is the choice of savvy investors at a time like this. Monetary Gold is offering a free protection guide and a gold credit of up to $5,000 for the first 25 callers who qualify. Call one 888 COVID is not going away, but your retirement may. Don't let it happen. Call 1-888-204-2141 for your free protection guide and to qualify for a gold credit. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. As I told you, you know, I visited Delta Rescue, oh gosh, about two months ago. The beginning, uh, it was like the beginning of the fall. It was quite beautiful out there in California. And I went, it's on the the tip of the desert. And I went out to the desert. It was about an hour and a half ride. And Leo and I were there all day. I even even filmed the podcast, which you can get on rudyscommonsense.com. Gosh, I can't remember the number. I should write these down. But it's um, like about 20 before the one we have on right now. But it's really good. I mean, you'll get to see Leo. You'll get to see the dogs. You'll get to see the cat house, which is only cats, only cats. Come on. It's a legitimate word. Nobody's got to get silly and giggle about it. And um, and you'll see. You'll see chaos. Chaos is a hero. This guy operated all over Afghanistan finding explosives and saving people. And the, 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 they... They took them all across. They took them all across uh, Afghanistan just to get them in the right hands. And the right hands is Leo Grillo and Delta Rescue. They've got fifteen hundred rescued dogs, cats, horses there. Cost a fortune. And there's a full-time animal hospital right there, three hundred sixty-five days a year for Chaos and all his pals. Delta Rescue relies solely on donations from people like you and me who love animals, and, you know, we love God's creatures. I'd like you to help them by going to DeltaRescue.org slash Rudy and pressing the green donate button. Give as much as your heart tells you at, the, at this time of year in particular. That's DeltaRescue.org slash Rudy. Do it now. Don't put it off. Tomorrow, Milano Market Bay Ridge officially presents its grand opening. Tomorrow, Saturday, December 11th from 12 to 4 in Bay Ridge. 7801 3rd Avenue. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to bring their Rudy sandwich out to Bay Ridge. Now, I have to, unfortunately, be at a funeral tomorrow morning at 10 for a police officer who was part of my detail, and Andrews, who, who died of, of, of 
of uh, cancer, and uh, and a wonderful man who became a teacher. And, uh, but I'm going to try to get there. I, I think there's ceremonies at 11, so I can't make the ceremony because the funeral mass, of which I served many, so and I've unfortunately been at many. I'm sure will last an hour, but I can be there by 12 or one. So if you're thinking of coming, I'll be I'll be there and I'll stay there. I'll probably stay there longer than I want to, but I'm happy to sign, take pictures, whatever. But you don't interrupt me while I'm eating, hmm? Please. I mean, I'll take the picture anyway if you do, which is a very bad thing to say because people do it. But I mean, I've had situations. I know people love you and they care about you, but I have situations where I'm about to put the I'm about to put the spaghetti in my mouth and somebody grabs my hand and pushes it down and says, Mayor, I love you. Can we take a picture? Or how about this one? I'm about to take a little of the veal parmesan, right, put it in my mouth. They push my hand down. Boom. And they say, I don't want to interrupt you. I don't, you know what you feel like saying? So, so why did you interrupt me? On the other hand, you've got to understand you're dealing with an, with a, uh, an injured person here. Traumatized person, me. Not for the stuff the press likes to say, you know. I'm a drunk. Ha, 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 boy. I'm a drunk. Crap. I've got to ask my college buddies about my capacity. It's legendary. But I drink socially. However, I mean, when they attack, when these people attack you, they attack you, they attack you for everything. So you never know when somebody comes up and wants to take a picture. But I take a picture. I've gotten a few embarrassing situations like that. I restrain it as much as I can. I almost got into a few fights that way. Particularly when you start to get very insulting. I go, something happens and I go back to Brooklyn in my head. But so far, so good. But the reality is, when I was about 12 years old, I was standing outside of Yankee Stadium at the end of a Yankee. I believe it was a White Sox game. Yankees had won, so it was a happy day. And I was there with three of my friends. And my father went to get the car and left us at the athlete's exit where they went to their cars. And it was much easier to get to them then. And we got a couple of pictures. We got a couple of uh, autographs of Yankees who came out, different guys, I think Johnny Cooks and this one and that one. All of a sudden, Mickey Mantle's coming out, the king. And he walks out. A couple ball players right behind, don't even look at them. And my guys, I hand him our, our scorecards. And he pushes them away. Pushes them away. I swear to God, one of my guys was crying. All of a sudden, in back of them was Yogi Berra, Phil Rizzuto, who was an announcer then, I think, and Bill Scourin, number 14, first baseman, former football player. They come over to me, and it wasn't just me. They, he went on to push away a bunch of kids, and they said, Mickey had a very bad night. Had a, had a bad time. Actually, I think he was like two for four or something, but I think they would... I mean, I didn't know this about him. I didn't know what his struggles. I mean, I was just a kid. I now understand it. I feel sorry for him. I empathize with him. I, 
But at the time, well, Yogi and Bill Scourin and Phil must have signed 50 autographs to make up for, for their teammate. I became Mr. Yogi Berra. My favorite number is eight. Whenever I played baseball, I would go through anything to get the number eight. I'd go I'd trade baseball cards with somebody who had number eight so I could get number eight. My father went out and bought me a catcher's mask that looked just like Yogi Berra with the big black grating in front. And I loved that guy until the day he died. And one of the great, one of the great things about being mayor, well, I got to meet Yogi Berra. He became a good friend of mine, and his family did. And I got to meet Mickey, too. And I got to meet Mickey's family, and I got to find out the Mickey Mantle story. And I'm, I'm about ready to cry if I tell it to you. And I understand it now. But for 30, 20 years or so, I was, like, bitter. Uh, uh, my, uh, me and my guys, we rooted for Roger Maris. And I was like my own, uh, the only Yankee fans that wanted Roger Maris to break the record and not Mickey because Mickey didn't do our, uh, didn't do our, 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 our signatures. And my father and mother, who were also incredible Yankee fans, used to get mad at me. Like Mickey would hit these home runs and I just wouldn't clap as much. And then Yogi hit a grand slam home run against Don Newcomb and I went nuts. I think I broke furniture. But that's what happened. So, so long story made short, I'm a compulsive signer. I keep thinking that's the guy I don't sign for that's going to be affected like I was. One time I was at a Yankee World Series game uh, sitting in the front with Randy Levine and all the Yankee brass. And it was in uh, Miami. And we were getting beat by the ridiculous Dolphins. I think it's the game in which... Wells decided he didn't want to pitch anymore. So, Bo Wagner, who was uh, my security guy at the time and is one of my close friends, and uh, Bo uh, leans over to me and he says, uh, Mayor, you see this baseball? I said, yeah, sure. Can you get Reggie to sign it? And I said, sure. He said, Reggie, turn the kid down. He shows me the kid. The kid's sitting there. I said, okay, let me see what I can do. I hand Reggie the ball. Reggie signs the ball. I give it to Bo. Bo gives it to the kid. The kid goes up to Reggie and he says, thank you, Reggie. <laughs> I'm a, I got a thing on this. So I just ask you, I love Milano Market so much. I'll sign it if you come up in the middle of my e eating the Rudy sandwich. I promise you, I won't turn you away. But just remember that and just wait because I'll stay there as long as I have to to sign everybody, Okay. All right. Milano Market. Okay? It's going to be out in Astoria. It's going to be in Queens. You come there tomorrow. All right? So now let's see who we can get on our Tunnel to Towers Foundation hotline. Let's go to uh, David from uh, La La Land. David. Are they allowing our transmission through to L.A.? Hello, David. Oh, good, good. I wonder, sometimes they try to block us getting to Los Angeles. 
Yes, well, you know, it's such a privilege to talk to you about the question I'm about to ask regarding incoming Mayor Eric Adams. You're most uniquely qualified. But first, I'm sure you'll appreciate Let me share my story when I lived in New York and you became mayor. Sure, sure, please. You're going to love this. I, I used to buy marijuana at a reggae record shop near Washington Park, not Washington Square Park. This is a heck and, of an admission. I'm glad the statute of the limitations has run. <laughs> Yes, I did wait. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the day before the election, and the clerk says to me, the clerk says to me, you better vote for Dinkins because if Giuliani wins, we're going to get shut down. So cut to the next day, you win, and they shut down. They didn't even wait till you got sworn in. Okay, then there's everything you did with redeveloping Times Square and what cleaning up the What do they do? What do they do? What did the marijuana guys do? No, they shut down. You won, and like they, they shut down the next day. They didn't even wait. Till, they didn't even wait. Till you got sworn in. I Did thought the Blasio reopen them to supply the family. <laughs> so then, there's all you did redeveloping Times Square and cleaning up the city in general. So the mayor matters. So let me ask you this regarding yeah, incoming mayor. Um, now he, I hear at the top of the hour on KAB, uh, uh, WABC that uh, the incoming mayor Eric Adams says. I'm not going to take this Black Lives Matter stuff. I'm going to stand up. You're not going to burn down my city. Quite provocative, almost egging on the Black Lives Matter leader Newsom. So let me ask you, do you think that the mayor is really going to stand up and, and, and make everybody happy that wants him to? Or is it just tough talk that's going to go nowhere? And secondly, what do you think it will take to, quote, unquote, bring back New York City? Two different questions, and I'm going to give you a, a calculation on the first. That's no better than my instinct, right? I have no, I don't have a relationship with Adams. He uh, spends a great deal of time criticizing me. He once said that he wants to follow David Dinkins' program on crime, not mine, which I found rather interesting since David Dinkins holds the record by far for the most murders in the history of New York City. And even when he tried to bring crime down, he did it for a year. The next year it went up, and I inherited a city where murder was over 2,000. But in any event, that was politics. I try very hard to give him the benefit of the doubt. I like what he's saying. I don't think he's dumb enough to put himself out there like this and not follow through. So if, if for example, the challenge that he made to Newsom was, you guys better not mess with my city. That's like Obama with the, the red lines with Assad, right? So Obama did back up 12 times and make a fool out of himself and introduce Russia back into the Middle East. I think Adams is a tougher guy than that. I think on this he's going to be good. I do. And if I were Newsom, I wouldn't test him. Now, I made a similar challenge to all the people that were rioting before I became mayor, because Dinkins had the, uh, the last big riots before uh, de Blasio's summer last year. And I said to them, look, uh, I got a rule. I just want you to understand it. So we have I, I, I hate when people miscalculate. You can protest. You can yell. You can scream. But here's what's going to happen. And it's different than Dinkins. because You're not getting a cool and off, off period for two or three days where you go beat the hell out of Jewish people. It's just not going to happen with me. So. Here's the way it works. You throw a rock, I arrest you. You spit at a cop, I arrest you. 
you burn a car, you're goddamn right. Um, you're right. Excuse me. You're damn right that I'm going to arrest you. We work on, we deal with the first crime, misdemeanor, felony, offense, and we enforce it. And the theory of that is you do that enough and they back off. And it worked for me for eight years. And it hasn't worked for them all last summer. So that's the thing that I think he has to understand. If he backs off this, we're finished. He's got no choice. He laid, he laid, the, he laid it down. Black Lives Matter, not going to be able to riot in the city. We get a Black Lives Matter riot in the city. This man, his credibility is finished. And then they'll all take advantage of him. If he holds the line with Black Lives Matter, we're going to have uh, four or eight years without riots. It's as simple. It's as simple as that. I mean, so let's hope. I'm, 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 on, the, I'm on the positive side here. I'm on the, I'm on the positive side. So uh, we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. I'm Rudy Giuliani with Common Sense. We'll uncover the truth and get to a solution on Talk Radio 77 WABC. As we head into the new year, we're confronted by a new revelation. COVID is not going away. It's one thing for Dr. Fauci to say it, but quite another when business leaders actually say it. A recent survey from the Business Roundtable revealed that CEOs believe we're in a permanent war with COVID and expect more economic uncertainty ahead. Before the new Omicron variant emerged, executives across healthcare, manufacturing, and logistics issued warnings about volatility, price hikes, labor market challenges, a new phase of the unknown. Boy, if that wasn't a call to arms, nothing is. And everyone knows that physical gold is the choice of savvy investors. Monetary Gold is offering a free protection guide and a gold credit of up to $5,000 for the first 25 callers who qualify. Call 1-888-204-2141. COVID is not going away, but your retirement may. Call 1-888-204-2141 for your free protection guide and to qualify for a gold credit. Now on 77 WABC, it's time for the former mayor of New York City, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. The holidays are here. Listen to this. Listen to this. Start spreading the news. We'll be there. Well. Piscopo is on at 6 o'clock on Sunday. Y'all start spreading the news. I hear you, I hear you Frankie. But Piscopo is going to be singing for you this weekend at 6 o'clock. And I'm going to be there. I'm, I got to tell you, there's nobody I like more than Joe and love. And gosh, I think he's so entertaining. I also think he's the best Sinatra guy in the world. And finally, I think he's got a great voice, which he should have used just on his own, on its own. But in any event, you know, one thing he can't, one line he can't cross with me. You know what he does when he does New York, New York? This is like a sacrilege. He puts in New Jersey. So I'm going when he does this. I hope they let me in. He puts in New Jersey. I'm going to interrupt him. Hmm. Not going to let him get away. Okay. So you, you. You tune in and listen and make sure he doesn't. I mean, I love New Jersey, but you don't belong in that song, okay? 
You have a different song. You want a different song? You got, get a, they should do a song about Hoboken. Come on. That's where he came from. The holidays are here. The time of year we pause, reflect, and realize how blessed we are. It's also the time to help make a difference. 77 WABC is teaming with Cohen Children's Medical Center, a proud partner of Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for our third annual holiday radiothon for the kids, Friday, December 17th. All the money raised stays with them, benefiting the children and their families of our community. This year, give the gift that has meaning. Money raised will be used to improve life-saving care and equipment, pediatric research, child life services, and more. Download the 77WABC app and listen to hear more about how you can help. Friday, December 17th. You don't have to wait until then. Text HERO at 51555 and donate today. Join Cohen's Children Medical Center and 77 WABC in making a difference for the holidays. Now, George, I'm going to tell you a story about Frankie and my mom. So when I was in the Justice Department, I was the Associate Attorney General, the third-ranking official in the Justice Department, and before I went there, I had previously represented, as a criminal defense lawyer, a person who was the agent for Liza Minnelli and occasionally the substitute agent for Frank Sinatra. So I was technically recused, and I was recused from anything having to do with that case, including any involvement of Frank Sinatra, which the Justice Department was investigating. All of a sudden, Frank Sinatra is coming to the Kennedy Center. He's going to do a two-hour single-person concert. My mother loved Frank Sinatra. My father had just died, and I was taking care of my mother quite a bit. She was coming to stay with me in Washington and cooking Italian meals for senators and cabinet officials. And My mother was a character, beautiful woman. But then when she heard about Frank Sinatra, she said, you're such a big shot, you can't get me a ticket? I said, Mom, I can't, I can't get involved in this. So she starts calling around. All of a sudden, she tells me, I don't need you. I said, well, yeah, you do need me. I mean, you're getting old. You need me to help. She said, no, no, I'm taking you to see Sinatra. She got herself these tickets through her own connections, and we go to the Kennedy Center, and all of a sudden, we're sitting like in primo box. Beautiful card. Sinatra was fabulous. Whatever you thought about him, whatever, the guy knew how to do a song. Even the songs that he does, nobody does it quite the way he does it. And the charm on the stage is like, I don't don't know if I had seen him live by then. I saw him once more live. But I don't think I had by then. I, I, I was like mesmerized by how charming he is. About to be over, I get a note. My security gets a note. Mr. Sinatra would like Mrs. Giuliani to come to his, not me, Mrs. Giuliani. So I go down with her. I put her in the room. I figure I better go in with her, you know, just in case. Who knows? And he says, yeah, sit down, sit down. We shake hands. Forty-five minutes later, we walk out. The whole conversation was about 
when he was at the Brooklyn Paramount and she was a Bobby Soxer and he remembered, uh, he remembered the show and, uh, yeah, then he went to the New York Paramount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did one with Dean, he did one, only one with Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis because it was a little distracting and, oh gosh, almighty, they're going up. And then, oh, you were fabulous and the man with the golden arm and you should have gotten more Academy Awards than just the, uh, then just the supporting actor award from here to eternity, and, and he was impressed at how much she knew about about him. There you go. So you stay tuned on Sunday, and you get ready for Christmas. Do your Christmas shopping this weekend, and remember, you get up tomorrow morning, and what do you say? Thank God I'm in America. God bless the greatest country God has ever given to man and woman. <laughs>